It's a massive arms dealers expo, and there's about $30 billion on offer by the Australian government over the you know, per year for the next 10 years. And this conference is about uh, arms dealers in Australia, including some large transnationals who have set up here, uh, building partnerships and trying to figure out ways they can get a piece of that pie. It's like a huge amount of money that's being spent. And these companies are all teaming up to sort of find new uh, partnerships, to find new ways of organising so they can... Um, yeah, so that they can enter into the supply chains of the global arms uh, weapons industry. I guess for many of our... Um, it's about, also, it's a, sorry? Yeah, it's just, it's for land, it's just land gear. So it's uh, for gear that's being sold into armies and police forces. Um, it's the sort of gear, some of it is the sort of gear that you see being used on the streets of Colombia at the moment. Um, or in, in the highlands of West Papua, you've got attack helicopters by Boeing, you've got tanks and uh, armoured vehicles, weaponised armoured vehicles, you've got all sorts of surveillance drones, weaponised drones, then you've got a lot of kit, you've got um, the sort of uh, munitions that they're firing at protests in Myanmar, sort of munitions they've got they're firing in Colombia, um, and then you've got um, you know, different types of vehicles that move people around. So it's all based on land, not sea or air. Certainly. Now, I was, I was going to say that I, I guess a lot of our listeners would be aware of, uh, you know, the huge demonstrations in regard to the invasion of Iraq in the beginning of the early 2000s. Many of us uh, participated in those demonstrations. However, in the, in the last uh, couple of decades, it seems as though the direct connection between Australia and these wars around the world is uh, definitely, it's, it's, it's not as clear cut anymore. And I think that perhaps one thing that this convention uh, demonstrates is that there are ways in which the Australian government and our corporations are actually participating in conflict and war. Is, is that one of the, I guess, the reasons for the protest to try and highlight how both the Australian government and some of our Australian corporations uh, participate in, in some of these ongoing occupations and wars? Well, we think the corporations are in the offices of the government telling the government what to do and setting up the agenda of the government, organising the government policy. Um, the Pentagon the Pentagon officials are in, in the Defence Department running the Pentagon agenda, and the Pentagon agenda is to sell as much of their weaponry from the US into the global supply chains as they can. They have four fake justifications for the military industry. One is security, but... We know from Clinton Fernandez's work on the WikiLeaks cables that they never talk about security. The Americans and the Australians, when they talk, it's always about trade. It's about how they maintain their own uh, domination on the financial sector, on the on the domination um, on their on their brands and on what they sell. So what we know is that corporations, just like the fossil fuel corporations, have been well shown to be in the prime minister's office. These corporations are in the ministers' offices and the industry offices. So um, the ministry, uh, the, the, the industry ministers' offices. So each of the states have an industry minister, uh, minister for industries or creative innovation, something like that. But really, what these are people are, are um, military industry operatives 
pushing the agenda of the large corporations. So you've got eight large corporations operating in Australia with special status, what they call global supply chain program status. Um, and so it's these companies that are now the government's now dependent on to roll out its own sort of supposed defence project. And I say defence with you know little air quotes because it's really not about defence as we know. It's really about um, uh, selling, <laughs> selling, maintaining conflicts, and really the people they get used on are First Nations people, people's movements, uh, uh, resistance, democracy resistance movements. These are the people who bear the brunt of these weapons. And they get used to enforce extraction. These weapons get used um, on the, wherever there's extraction. They're used to stop any resistance to extraction. So they, this industry goes hand in hand with the fossil fuels movement uh, industry. And it goes hand in hand in such a way that the, the money flows from the fossil fuel industry into the government and then out into the uh, military industry. So basically they pay for those industries to... Um, defend them for further fossil fuels exploitation. Now you mentioned the, uh, the fossil fuels and obviously the uh, catastrophic climate change is an, an ongoing issue and there are so many issues, as, as you've also mentioned, that are interlinked into the military-industrial military complex, such as refugees uh, and also just the, the ongoing repression of uh, democracy movements and, and so forth. I imagine there's a, quite a, I guess, a coalition of groups that have come together to take part in this festival, festival of resistance. Can, can I guess... Can you speak to that a little bit and, and some of the diversity of the groups and the individuals that are involved? Is is it, I guess, uh, you know, a really broad church, so to speak, in terms of those people that are taking part in the demonstrations? Yeah, so we, you know, we've we've reached out as widely as we can and we certainly have refugee people, you know, who, who work so hard to free the people from the refugee, the, the hotel refugees, um, that they, they, we're working with them. We have queer people and um, uh, and women's, you know, people from the women's movement, the old women's peace movement, um, and we, you know, we are we are making a strong standing against toxic masculinity because we see that toxic masculinity is playing out in this industry. Really, the toxic masculinity is. Um, uh, you know, it really, it's really driven by war. It's in, in height, heightened by war, and it's heightened by these men having to be um, perpetually ready to kill. And we think that um, there's a, a strong alliance there to be made for those movements that are um, those movements that are trying to stop um, um, the arms trade. Uh, there are also we have West Papuan speaking, First Nations, West Papuan, Aboriginal people. Um, we've tried to centre the Aboriginal story too. We like to to centre the frontier wars in any story about militarism in this country, um, and we've we you know are honouring the fact that Australians just cannot think about militarism because we lied about and been so silent about the frontier wars, and yet we see these frontier wars playing out right now in West Papua in the same sort of format, but with modern industrial weapons, uh, Boeing attack helicopters, uh, Tala's Bushmasters and ammunition, Ryan Mittal, um, uh, armoured vehicles, you know, so, um, you know, machine guns from Russia. And uh, so we, we see this um, playing out. Uh, we've got First Nations people trying to defend their forests and their lands and their lifestyles, their, their cultures, their children, 
and they are being terrorised. Um, and this is enabled by armoured vehicles being able to, 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 to drive right up to their villages and, you know, unleash, you know, large battalions of people um, to, to terrorise people. So we think, you know, there's two things going on here, both the crazy sort of arms race just for money and the second thing is the sort of um, enforcement uh, using violence against uh, uh, First Nations peoples. Margaret, uh, it seems sort of strangely that uh, Queensland is pretty much the, sort of the place to be in terms of uh, arms dealers and uh, military exercises. And of course, you've got the Talisman Sabre uh, exercise activities uh, planning to occur later in the year in Queensland uh, at the um, ADF Townsville training area. This has been an ongoing uh, sort of joint exercises that have been taking place in, in Queensland for years and are often met with resistance and protest. You do have this uh, this sort of week of, of protest plan, this festival of resistance, but are you hoping that this will build momentum to try and oppose the the Talisman Sabre uh, exercise, um, exercises coming up? And, and more broadly, are you hoping that it will sort of help to reinvigorate, I guess, the anti-war and peace movements, uh, not just in Queensland, but in Australia as well? Well, we're trying to build a strategy like that. In a, in a way, that's a different issue. That's about the militarisation of Indigenous lands, and in a way, that that movement has to be led by Indigenous people. It's a, it's the it's Indigenous lands that are being overtaken in Northern Territory, um, huge tracts of lands in Queensland. I'm sure there's some in Western Australia as well. Um, so, so strategically, that's a different movement, and and I have been involved in that movement before. But I'm not looking at that movement at the moment. I'm looking at the burgeoning of the weapons industry. It's really going. It's really out of control, um, and I think if we were, I think the cities are the place to be at the moment. And uh, you know, though of course I've been at Saltwater Bay for ten years on and off. Um, I think at the moment what we need to do is try and build a strategy. And what we're looking to do is build a strategy that's based on um, um, uh, with West Papua as at its centre and the sales of arms to Indonesia at its centre because that's what that's what's rolling out right now and they're the people that are being harmed directly. Uh, we, you know, we're at a point where the war in Afghanistan is um, is finishing, um, supposedly, but the, the weapons companies will be trying to make that war keep on going. Um, certainly what we want is the young activists in the climate movement to understand that militarism is going to be aimed at them, um, that, this, that if we don't get a handle on militarism and the sale of weapons, then we don't... Um, any gains that they make will be peeled back by the... Um, by the use of militarism against them because that's where militarism comes at. It comes at people's movements. It comes at First Nations people defending their land. It comes at democracy movements and union movements. Um, and this is where the violence gets aimed at and this is where the violence has always been. And so um, at the moment, that's what we're trying to look at. And we're trying to look at which companies are involved here. And we've got Boeing, we've got Talas, we've got Ryan Mattal, and we're looking at the corporations because we've seen that targeting corporations in the climate movement has been very successful. And um, we've seen with the Stop Adani campaign a very strategic way of thinking about how you uh, target nonviolent action at, at, at corporations. And we think that if we can find the right target, 
maybe it's Boeing and that we all need to stop using Boeing aircraft because Boeing actually makes aircraft for war crimes. It doesn't actually make many civilian aircraft anymore. Civilian aircraft have been, you know, very problematic. And so, you know, maybe that's the target. Maybe we take an Australian target like Naya, which is building ammunition um, and looking to sell that into export markets. Maybe we look at Talas, which is um, building the submarines in, in, in Adelaide and is already under pressure from the government for not meeting its, its uh, outcomes. Or maybe um, we look at a, you know, a company like the Perth company, Austal, you know, which is building um, patrol boats that don't meet the standards that still gets the money for the tenders. I don't know. I think we all need to look at our local communities. Uh, like right now, we're, we're, we're right this minute driving past Tala's. It's in the neighbourhood I basically grew up in. And we're, these, these arms factories are popping up across the, across the country, not just in Queensland. You know, Western Australia has a huge arms industry. You know, the, the, you've got Kim Beasley, who's the godfather of the entire sort of sector. And so... Um, you know, he he will be moving at the moment in his position as governor, opening arms arms contract to arms contract. And so I think this is where we need to look. Where thirty billion dollars a year, uh, if we can't, we need to peel that back, that thirty billion dollars. And we, I think we do that by going after the companies.